So I'm hoping that on the back of last week's episode about how to love yourself, you're tuning in today feeling a boost of vitality and love and motivation. If you've not yet listened to that episode, then skip this week and go back to hear part one first. Otherwise, this might not make so much sense to you today. If you have listened to part one, good for you. I'm happy that we're still together in this space that we still have you. But moving on, I want to talk about my intention for today just before we get into our podcast episode and before we get our guest on. The Made of She Academy is back with yet more inspiring content to help you women listening on your respective journeys of self-healing and self-development. If you're serious about improving your life, soul and mind, then don't just tune into this podcast, enroll onto one of our online courses or workshops or onto our end of summer retreat happening in Morocco. It's going to be transformative, ladies. What else is happening is that MOS Travel is also expanding. This is our bespoke independent travel concierge that all of our listeners are welcome to make full use of. If you're planning on going away and that's a service you think you might need, then head on over to www.mostravel.co and book in your free consultation now. We work with all destinations and budgets in mind. Are you ready to get into this podcast episode? Let's begin. So it's about following up on the energy of last week and helping you push yourself to go after what you want in the way of love, in the way of fully understanding yourself without fear, without overthinking. And I think the why this is going to be a powerful conversation for you is that if you've been feeling triggered or unnerved or out of whack with your own self and your self-love practice, then this episode is going to help you jolt yourself into taking action and getting clear on your needs. And I'm going to be joined by a woman who I've met completely off the cuff in a random bar in Dalston in London a few weeks ago. When we spoke, we instantly hit it off and I knew at the time that it was something that was meant to happen for each of us and yeah it's kind of coming into fruition now and I'm really understanding that by bringing her here today it makes for the perfect opportunity for for all of us in this community to engage in new healing and just new territory in general about senses of self. What I believe is that today is going to help all of you here feel more aligned and more grounded than ever before and and hopefully in your heart and in your mind and your body this will help you overcome the overthinking and the fear that you may have around stepping into what it is that you want to commit to in terms of love. So before I bring Dulcie into the chat I just want to do a little bit of a heart activator, um, a heart opener, if you will. And I want you to place one hand on your heart space and another on your lower belly or your womb space. And together, we're just going to breathe deeply into both of these spaces and do that from a place of love. And feeling into the rise and fall of the belly as you breathe deeply in and as you exhale. And, you know, maybe on the exhale, you want to open your mouth. Maybe you want to sigh and release any tension. And I invite you to do that. You're more than welcome to do that. So together, we're going to close down the eyes. 
and we're going to shut out any internal thoughts or feelings that may be going on now and we're going to tune out of any external noises that we may be able to hear and we're just going to do three rounds of breath so breathing in fully through the nose expanding the lungs Breathing out, getting rid of any stuck emotion. Good. One more deep belly breath in. And release. Final breath in. Final breath out. Over the next few minutes, I want you to take the time to really engage in what makes you feel the most love, the most alive. And I want you to work with this energy and I want you to lock this energy in throughout the rest of this podcast. And to just provide yourself with a balanced level of surrendering and understanding so that when you come away from this, we have done our jobs as two women, two coaches, in giving you some momentum, in giving you the space to initiate new patterns of behaviour and acquiring new tools for self-healing and self-love. Thank you so much for being here today. I know it's me. been an absolute you're welcome I know it's been an absolute mission trying to facilitate this as I've been away you've been away and yeah we just couldn't find the right moment could we to link up because of time difference and work holidays and must take priority though <laughs> true we needed that downtime didn't we absolutely <laughs> but yeah so I'm happy that you're finally here and also happy if it's all right with you just to kind of go straight into it um yeah 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 of course doll fab okay fantastic so for my women tuning in can we just have you kick us off with shedding some light on you and just opening up a little bit about things like you know where you're coming from in terms of the line of work that you do um and as I explained you know the kind of impact that you want your work to have on the world um and also how women in my community who are tuning into this um, and who may be looking for ways to understand themselves in terms of connecting back to self-love, how they can find more time in their lives to focus on self-passion and self-love and healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'll tell you a little bit about my journey. Um, I went through quite a traumatic divorce about six years ago, and it was just something that really, you know, shook me to my core. I am a a lover at my core. Um, You know, it was it was something that really kind of took away my sense of identity. And through through this kind of um, awful period, I I sunk into a bit of a depression and couldn't really see a way out. And I was kind of, you know, I tried every self healing modality out there really you know I tried Reiki and I tried acupuncture and I went to coaching and I went to counseling and and I did all of these things I was, I was kind of you know desperately trying to find because because I, I felt very um all of a sudden I, I I'd lost my sense of self I was very codependent with my husband and all of a sudden mm-hmm. we separated and I thought oh my god who am I right yeah. who am I and 
what am I doing here and all this kind of thing so yes I really I really valued both coaching and counseling because you know counseling really helps you look back and process your pain points and kind of the things that have led you down the path that you're on basically but then I really but what I I found a bit frustrating with that is sometimes I would go into a session I would cry for hours and then I would come out out the back of it going oh god well what now whereas I really liked the coaching approach because actually it was very solution focused and you know I'm I'm a Virgo and I am very solution focused and I like to kind of have a plan Mm -hmm. um so I really valued that but what I found was lacking in coaching sometimes was that trauma informed piece of like well then why you know you know it's kind of to me it's important to see the whole picture of, of kind of you know how you got somewhere and what you want in the future so I started kind of doing both and then I decided to train as a as, as a counsellor and a coach and I, with the Holistic Healing College in London. So I was learning all these amazing um, kind of, you know, healing modalities like hypnosis and emotional freedom technique and interfamily systems and these really, so, so a lot of what I do, the work that I do is rooted in psychology, but there's also kind of a holistic approach to to a lot of it also. Mm-hmm. Um and that kind of that kind of transitioned me very naturally into supporting women who had been through divorce and separation because I really felt the pain. You know, I could really kind of resonate with their journey. And, and that was kind of what I wanted to focus on. But I would say now, sort of, you know, a few years later, I am kind of very focused on on relationships, um, but but also really understanding, as you say, the self-care piece. So so mm-hmm. how do we attune to ourselves first and foremost in order to to be able to have those relationships that we crave because I think uh, a lot of as a lot of women we, we self-abandon quite a lot and I think absolutely yeah and I feel like societally we've grown up believing we're not enough we've grown up believing that uh, you know men rule the world and it's 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 so detrimental to us and so we we grow up believing that relationships can validate our experience and they can save us there's, there's, yes. this, there's this real savior piece right where actually you know you can never determine what another human being is going to do no matter how codependent and close and you know intense your bond is you never know all you have is yourself like literally all you yourself yeah yeah at the end of the day and you know I don't mean to sound morbid by any means and actually by by connecting to yourself really that is what opens you up to have the real depth of relationship with somebody else so you know there is a it, it kind of works in a, in a two-pronged approach but you know, a couple of years ago, I didn't, you know, five years ago, I didn't know what self-compassion was. I didn't know what self-care was. I used to think it was like a bubble bath and a candle, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what we're taught. It's like, oh, you're feeling a bit run down, just do that. But actually, it's not, it's about the actions and the steps that you take every day to give yourself self-compassion, to really just honor and appreciate who you are at your core, and that and understanding that a lot of the thoughts and a lot of the feelings that come up for you, they're not even yours half the time. You know, we we get stuck in, you know, whether it be attachment styles or um, limiting beliefs. We have a lot of trauma from even if you have a really, you know, kind of kind of a relatively good childhood. Your there will be experiences from your childhood where you felt, you know, abandoned or neglected or not good enough, and uh, they might have been quite minor if you were coming at it from an adult perspective. But when you were a child, they were almost life threatening. So they get lodged they get lodged in your psyche Mm -hmm. so it's so it's really important to work with um and this is why I really like the psychology piece to this as well because neuroscience is is real I always say like you know love is not rocket science it's it's neuroscience because it, it kind of is right it's um 
it's understanding how the brain works and how actually we can train our thoughts to to be different and and our thoughts can dictate our feelings but then it's also working with the body to understand that there is trauma stored in there and that we need to release that so it's kind of a a double-pronged approach of what I do sorry that was quite a long explanation (laughs) no I love that was absolutely amazing and and thank you so much for sharing that I absolutely agree and I would say that one major thing just as a quick aside like a, a takeaway from the conversations that we've shared you know when we've met when we've sent over voice notes to each other is that by being this type of informed woman who chooses to engage in activities like you've mentioned, things that invigorate healing and a sense of self-love, it really allows you to show up in the boldest way and most secure version of who you are. Mm. You know, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's kind of, to to me, there's a polarity though, right? So I, I think that absolutely you come into your own in a way so, so, so for me I mean I don't even recognize the woman I was when I was married I look back mm-hmm. on pictures and I, I genuinely don't recognize her you know I was a um, you know I, I didn't have a bad marriage but I was just very shrunk I was just very shrunk down and I was kind of you know whatever my husband wanted to do and I was I was down this kind of I was going down this path that wasn't even mine it just mm-hmm. wasn't mine you know it's not that it was bad it just it wasn't my dreams it wasn't my hopes it wasn't just inauthentic to you yeah yeah absolutely but I think the polarity and, and sometimes the, the frustrating and loneliness of this piece can be that you outgrow people and you're uncomfortable for people. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, that's been one of my biggest things is that, you know, um, boundaries are so important to set and, and you're going to lose people in your life as you do that. As you come, as you step more into your sense of self and you start to understand yourself better, you're going to lose not just relationships because you will grow out of relationships where other people try to dominate you or mm-hmm. um you know uh, you're, you're just not taking their crap anymore basically right but also friendships and family and you know people who who it can be quite surprising but once you start to feel more attuned to yourself and what it is that you really want you can be very uncomfortable for other people oh it is it's a, it is an uncomfortable process absolutely yeah. But I I think the whole part and parcel of shedding and having that expansion, like you said, it's not relying on that external validation. It's seeing yourself in your own light, accepting who you are, shadow and light, and just being at peace with that. But it certainly is a process that I've experienced and I know exactly what you're saying. And it can be quite lonely. It can be quite daunting. Um, Absolutely. Well, you just you don't know who your tribe are. You don't know who your people are. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, a lot of people don't do this work because it is painful. But what, you know, whether you choose to acknowledge that it needs doing or not, it is going to come and bite you at some point, right? We all have traumas. You could have had the best childhood um, and there will still be, you know, there might be an instance that, you know, your mum didn't turn up to pick you up on time for ballet practice one day and actually, or football practice one day and you were left there, you know, for half an hour longer and the kids were all teasing you. You know, they, yeah. it, there are so many we examples. So much. Yeah. Yeah, that get lodged in us because we're children and, and, and if we don't understand how that's impacted us and how that's kind of led us to walk in the world, mm-hmm. then it will continue to keep biting us. It will come up in our relationships, it will come up in our friendships, it will come up in our working environment. It comes up as a lack of worth, basically. Absolutely. And 
and, and we, yeah, we do, we, we, we do, and we have negative bias, right? So human beings generally have negative bias. Yeah. We, we, we need to, that doesn't just go away. Like you have to work on it. You have to work on your wounds and your, and your crap, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, going off that, it's a survival technique, isn't it? You know, our ego, as well as our kind of limiting patterns of behavior are, are almost there in a way to protect us. Okay, so then for yourself as a coach and with the work that you do, how does your understanding of love relationships and self-love practice, including attachment theory, which we'll talk about in a little minute, how does that help unblock women going after self-love that they, well, the self-love that they need and want? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, and I'm doing a lot of work around this at the moment, understanding your wounds is absolutely key because it is your relationships that will hold a mirror up to everything, every insecurity you've ever had. So, and and people think, okay, well, you get into a good relationship and then all of that stuff goes away. But actually, and I've certainly experienced this in my relationship, is, you know, it doesn't. Actually, it can exacerbate it because if mm-hmm. you if you have insecurities and then you're in a very loving relationship that all of you know what you start to drop your vulnerability you start to imagine a life with this person that there's a lot at stake when you're thinking that way right because we protect ourselves a lot of the time and I know for me after my divorce I had a big wall around my heart for a very long time and I really just didn't want to let anybody in because I never wanted to go through that pain again and you know to to kind of understand your attachment and your wounds and the things that are coming up the insecurities that are coming up that's key because otherwise you will keep reflecting it back in your relationships and it will cause trouble you will start doing self-sabotaging behavior Mm -hmm. you know if you are for example if you're anxious attachment you um you will act in protest behavior if you're not feeling satisfied in your relationships which means you'll do things like start arguments pack bags create jealousy and conflict which which, that doesn't need to be there um because you are you're you're so nervous about this person leaving you you've got such a, a fear of abandonment and rejection that it will yeah that you kind of it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy right it's a cycle um in the same way that because you have this wound if you're not in a happy relationship you might attract emotionally unavailable people over and over again on a cycle because you are wanting to to heal the past you're you're like no I must win this one no I must have this one yeah you know everything in me will be okay if I can just win the love of this person but that's it like that's the key it's not about the love of another person whilst although you know and and I don't want to play listen I I get a little bit miffed with kind of more spiritual circles sometimes when they say practice attachment and you shouldn't need anybody and you shouldn't want anybody. And that's not what life is about. I mean, yes and no. Okay. Like we are hardwired for attachment. Like everything about our bodies, you know, our heart rate lowers, our stress levels lower. Um, we sleep better at night next to somebody that we feel safe with. Like that's evolution. That's our body. You know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, we would hunt in pairs, right? So one of you would need to be up and alert and the other one would need to be sleeping peacefully. You know, we, we regulate to one another. And so we do need that. And, you know, the, the, the studies and the statistics around loneliness in later life and how detrimental that can be for health, it's important. But if you're coming at a relationship from a very, very insecure place, you can never really have that depth of connection with somebody else because you don't know yourself. Yeah, you I know? agree. Yeah, it, it, it it's it's really yeah attachment especially is 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 very key to understand because also that's from a very anxious point of view. 
if you're an avoidant, avoidance, <laughs> avoidance always get and avoidance tend to be more in the male male population to be honest it's yeah. quite male dominated mm-hmm. but 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 again societally in the same way that women have been told we're not good enough and men are better and blah 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 men are told don't cry don't show your feelings don't be emotional so they shut everything down they've shut all their feelings down because big boys don't cry right mm-hmm. um and so that can lead them to be totally totally disconnected from their feelings and when we talk about attachment you know anxious people especially will be like oh avoidance just have it so good like they don't care they can walk away from a relationship they don't they you know nothing bothers them so they're never going to get as hurt as i get i mean part of that is true but actually they are completely disconnected from themselves and they also fear rejection and abandonment in exactly the same way that an anxious person does they just cope with that feeling differently definitely definitely the same lineage but just coming from two different extremes and it is like you said both a place of fear isn't it exactly and 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 two two sets of people wanting to connect badly but not being able to mm-hmm. you know and yeah and... yeah that's another point with the avoidant it's not that they're devoid of emotion or you know the want to attach it's just they find fear in that so they're unable to give themselves the opportunity yeah so they're kind of you know if you if you think of statements or the things that would put the messages from like an avoidant would be essentially i don't need anybody else i can do this on my own whereas anxious are like i need someone to help mm-hmm. me through i need to be saved so 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 that so the outlook exactly is, is slightly different but they're both coming from from the same insecurity and you know neither state is conducive to a happy healthy relationship or to curating a happy healthy relationship and, and anxious and avoidant they, they attract each other as well you know like I, yeah. I'm you know I, I would say I'm earned secure now I've been doing this work for years mm-hmm. um, although let's be real it comes up you know if something you know big comes up in my relationship then all of the old an- an- anxieties and insecurities come up but I am dating an avoidant but he's he's similar so he you know he's been to therapy he's part of a mm-hmm. men's group he he works on that so so we now totally understand each other's triggers and also how to deal with each other when we're in a triggered state which is everything because absolutely everything yeah yeah because otherwise you're just otherwise you're literally and this is how I describe it talking different languages like you might as well be on Mars it's so tricky isn't it and just to kind of backpedal a little bit because I know we've touched on attachment theory somewhat I'm currently working on a magnetic love program. So it's a 21 day challenge with a guy called Aaron Dowdy. And one of the ways that he makes us understand attachment is by saying that it's when we make something that isn't about us, us, like about us. Um, And this could be, you know, in relation to a person or a negative belief or a label, a story. I like um, that. Yeah, I quite liked that. And I like that he explained, you know, in terms of the styles and types of attachment, I'll let you go into that. But his coaching is very much about the element of detachment from it and having awareness that at a certain time in our past, we decided to identify with that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but importantly, that we do have the ability to become aware of it and to manage those attachments and make the choice, the informed choice to let them go. And I did, I really loved that element of it because we are humans we are part of this pack mentality this tribe mentality so the idea of shutting yourself off and being singular um isn't how we operate is not the makeup of who we are as as beings um but the idea of emotionally being able to identify that you've attached to this particular thing and it doesn't necessarily 
mean that that is you and that has to be you uh, exclusively is quite important. But can you help us understand a little bit more about attachment theory? Can you run through the main ones um, that you work with? Because I know there's quite a few beyond the main four. Yeah. So, I mean, different, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can, and, you know, I, I always say it's, um, I, I really like his, his theory there. And I think it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about a balanced approach to anything, right? It's not saying we don't need this in our lives or we want this, you know, solely in our lives. It's got to be a little, I think it's got to be a hybrid of attachment and detachment, practicing detachment, as you say. Yeah. Um, I'm always quite mindful just to always put a bit of a caveat when we talk about attachment because we can have a tendency and as human beings like to do we can pigeonhole people so if we mm-hmm. if we believe somebody to be anxious or avoidant attachment all of a sudden that becomes like a weapon to use them. against yes. them yeah yeah exactly that exactly that so I think that whilst it's in so, so attachment theory is 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 very important I think it, it like it sets the baseline for kind of how you respond generally to relation to other people anyway but Mm. I think it's also important to say that obviously people are very complex as you say it's all about limiting beliefs and and your past as well the relationships Mm -hmm. you've been in because you could you could have grown up as a very secure child and then have the most horrific relationship when you were 18 which was like one of your biggest you know one of one of your kind of you know soul crushing experiences in life and therefore you're going to come away from that with an insecure attachment type so attachment type can can change but but essentially it's yeah it's all to do with kind of how in the very first few years of your life your primary caregiver responded to your needs and depending on how they responded to your needs you know you either became a very secure child which meant that you essentially believe that other people will be there for you so you feel confident being with other people and you feel confident that other people will do right by you or you came away with an insecure attachment in that you don't believe that people can meet your needs or that people are necessarily trustworthy Mm -hmm. and the insecure pot kind of splits into three types so you've got kind of the standard anxious preoccupied that we've just discussed which is quite a essentially it's a self-abandoning attachment type it is really not understanding yourself properly and wanting very extreme validation through other people almost that without that validation you aren't worthy you know so 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 kind of having that from other people is is everything to you avoidant attachment type can be kind of is essentially kind of the polar opposite right it's actually well I know you know they have a very high self-belief whereas anxious people generally don't Mm -hmm. there's kind of you know there's a default low self-belief and low self-esteem there and they will try to shape-shift in relationships uh, whether that be romantic or friendly to um you know to to fit in with other people whereas um avoidance are kind of the polar opposite of that they've got a very high self-belief and they actually feel quite manipulated by people so if anybody tries to too hard to kind of push them one way or another they feel like they're being manipulated and that they can't be themselves and actually independence is very very high up there for them whereas Mm -hmm. codependence is very high up there for anxious then you have this really kind of um, really quite distressing one in the middle, which is uh, which we call fearful avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's essentially a, a, an amalgamation of the two. So um, it tends to be if you've come from quite an extreme childhood, as in 
there's been intense up and down with like emotional disconnect with your parents so so maybe one minute you were you know you were very very much loved by your mother and got a lot of attention um but then your father was was completely absent or or your mother was you know up and down in her affection so therefore you never knew which one you were going to get so you kind of adapted to both so fearful avoidant is essentially a, a mixture of anxious and avoidance so if you're if you're in a relationship with an anxious person, it's likely they'll be more avoidant because the anxiety is coming out in the other person and therefore they feel a bit scared of that intimacy and they back away. If they're in a relationship with an avoidant, they will be feeling the, the, the pull away and therefore their anxiety will rise. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But, it, but that one that one particularly is quite a hard one to navigate. It's very difficult. Mm. There are so many layers to it. And you know what, I'm just thinking back to what I explained in episode one about my own healing journey last week, two weeks ago, I don't even know what day it is anymore. (laughs) Um, And how this conversation and stream of consciousness has become so important, so much more important to me, let's say of late. And I just think now's the perfect time to believe that within ourselves, we definitely have the courage to conquer you know this kind of secure attachment that we spoke about earlier and you know absolutely absolutely I mean it's a life's work it's a you know this isn't for the faint-hearted you know I I I run all kinds of coaching programs um and you know people want a quick fix right Mm -hmm. they they just you know people are a little bit um a little bit lazy (laughs) to be honest and they sort Mm -hmm. of say well you know I, I, I want this I want this result in four weeks and it's like well you can get that result in four weeks. And actually a lot of the work I do, because we do work with the subconscious and somatic healing as well, the body, mm-hmm. um, it is very powerful and it is very transformational quite quickly. But this is a life's work. I mean, literally last week, you know, my partner and I, we've been together nearly three years. We had a falling out over something and he triggered my core wound. So I could not see straight all mm-hmm. of a sudden. You know, I all of the tools that I learned went out the window. And so yep. it is yeah so we were coming at it so and and it was you know for us it was even more frustrating because we were like we know what we should be doing but right now I can't do this (laughs) because (laughs) I because I you know right now I'm really mad at you and I'm feeling totally rejected and totally abandoned and I I don't know how to do this so actually we practiced the pause you know we we said right you know what let's just take a couple of days it's you know we we live together but I went to stay with a friend for a couple of days and it's like Mm -hmm. right let us both come out of our triggers because when you're in your trigger you are in fight or flight you physically can't respond from self from that place yeah so you know your most balanced and calm being you can't you can't reach it when you're triggered when your whole body is in is in threat response there's no chance there yeah so 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 those conversations are useless they can't happen so yeah i agree it's something because it's also really interesting with like friends and family and stuff like once you start to understand attachment you really see it everywhere you'll be like oh Mm -hmm. okay I've realized that my friend actually is a little bit anxious or they're a little bit avoidant it means that you I mean not that you should adapt your behavior but you can have compassion for who that person is so if you know that you're coming at them in a way that quite frankly they don't like or they can't deal with it can help you understand it just improves your relationships exponentially right (laughs) yeah yeah definitely it helps you grasp not only where you're coming from as a person in terms of you know your trauma and life experiences but it helps you open up to other people and yeah 
you know essentially there's no need for doubt or fear or second guessing yourself in that process and and that's a super super unique and powerful thing um to be able to get to carry yourself you know where you can do that reflection and understanding Um, and it's all just up so there was this beautiful burning man sculpture last year i can't think what it's called and it's basically these two it's it's like a woman and a man with their back to each other and and it's like this big wire structure um so so they've got their back to each other they're obviously in in conflict but then within the two people there are these tiny little children who are trying to touch hands between them and it's one of the most beautiful like one of the most beautiful representations of human beings i can that I've ever seen because all of the time even when people seem like they're angry or unreasonable or coming from this place that you just can't understand it's because their inner child is crying out and like they they are they are needing something that that is not getting met and you know it's it's with my partner and I um so I have lots of tools of kind of to help with this stuff and we we have pictures of each other as children on our phones so we have picture of each of the other one as a toddler mm-hmm. because that helps us with compassion when the other person is you know we feel like they're digging their heels in for example so like if he's he's annoying me with something and he's being avoidant and I'm really struggling with that because I need the connection because you know my default is anxious and he can't do that connection because he's in his avoidance I yeah. will look I will look at this picture and I'll be like right okay I have compassion for the childhood that he had and the person that he is and and you know this isn't his fault it's none of our fault we're working on stuff we're all just imperfectly perfect <laughs> it's just I absolutely love that that's honestly so profound I, I you really just kind of triggered something in me there where I'm like that's amazing that you have that and it helps you resonate on that frequency of just understanding and openness and, and just yeah not only let yourself feel what comes up but just understanding a place of understanding for that other person um yeah it's I, I, th- yeah thank you it's all um I mean listen you, there's so much conflicting information out there and you can follow some coaches that will say you know it's not you know it's not your problem to forgive the person who's caused you tra- trauma or to fit or to have compassion for a person that's hurt you and again it's a balance in my mind I yeah. I agree to an extent you know there are some unforgivable people out there and there are some unforgivable situations out mm-hmm. there but I think coming from a place of compassion you know I had a really difficult relationship with my mum for many many years we're much closer now but certainly in my in my uh, childhood and teenage years you know there is <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind why I am I have the anxious attachment that I do I, I you know I see yeah. how my childhood played out and then when I started doing this work a few years ago I, I actually looked at my mom and, and thought well hang on a minute what did she go through and what was her mom like and what was her situation you know she had a father who died when she was very young and she had a very strict mother and you know she had uh, um, partners who had multiple affairs and you know there was all of this stuff going on for her and her self-worth and and just understanding how then having a daughter that was probably mirroring a lot of her insecurity and fear as she was trying to parent alone that you know that's then you can start to say okay well hang on a minute you know I don't need to you know this isn't about blame yes but it but it's about yeah it's about holding space and, and understanding that that everybody's going through something absolutely and yeah just having that additional perspective for understanding and and releasing what isn't yours the thing that we spoke about before you know the way that your mum behaved was not necessarily indicative of of 
you and your behavior but also what she's been through you know and that's not something that you necessarily have to carry um well it's our job I I do believe it's our job to break you know it's our job to break this cycle now and to stop this I mean I feel like I mean obviously there are some awful things happening in the world at the moment and Mm -hmm. it can feel like a very dark place but I I also think the kind of the focus on mental health and healing it is like nothing I've ever known in my lifetime you know Mm -hmm. with Instagram and and podcasts and all of this great stuff we have access to this all the time and we're forever learning and there are so many different ways to heal there are so many different ways to connect to yourself like it's it's kind of magical I think that we can stop this now you know it's so empowering and exciting I agree yeah I feel okay. like it is and I've, I, I'm not a parent but I see a lot about conscious parenting and I just it just lights me up I, I see you know I, I see people talking about how you don't scream at your kids and how you sit with them with their emotions and there are kids in Japan now that are in schools that are learning mindfulness they're doing mindfulness exercises and meditating every single morning at school Love like that. this is brilliant <laughs> you know yeah and, and and you know anybody that sits here and says oh it's all woo-woo well it's not it's backed up by neuroscience you know mm-hmm. this, this stuff makes a difference we become our thoughts and we have the choice to focus entirely on the negative and what could be better or we we try to improve our thoughts and we try to think of the positive and and the things that we have in life rather than what we don't yeah yeah and it's even you know taking the rough with the smooth it's taking the negative working with that shadow not denying it but just alchemizing it exactly that I do um I do uh well I work with interfamily systems and I don't know if you've if you've heard of like subpart therapy um it's really amazing and it it, to me it is just it, it provides some of the best results I have with clients and it's about looking at a human being as a whole right so so there will be multiple parts of of you um in any one day in the same way that there is with me so so for me for example you know i'm i'm a happy person i'm an excitable person i can also be a bit insecure i can feel a bit jealous sometimes i can have imposter syndrome with work i can mm-hmm. you know there's there's all of these things and all of these parts make me up they make yeah. make me as a whole now some of them are what we call protector parts, which is like a, a, a coping mechanism. We've formed a coping me- mechanism. And the other parts are called exiles, which essentially is like your inner child. So mm-hmm. the, the protectors kind of protect the exiles. But you've got all of this going on within you. Essentially, some is light and some is dark, but it all needs to be heard because we have got into a pattern of of using these parts of us to either protect or they've been shrunk down or we've not been able to express them in the past. And, you know, through kind of meditation and hypnosis and visualization, you can talk to these parts of yourself. So, you know, with attachment theory, for example, you could talk to your anxious part. You could ask her, like, why are you here? What are you trying to teach me? When did you come about? What mm-hmm. do you need from me? And again, I know this can feel very woo-woo, um, but there, you know, this is this is like this is a psychology-backed model. This is something yeah. that you know really helps people attune to work. Yeah, attune to their sense of self. It's it's quite incredible. I love the idea of that. Definitely need to explore that myself. I mean, I like the idea of having different elements of yourself, and this is part of my podcast. I explain this on my very first episode when I launched, but the three photos of me I was like I promise I'm not a narcissist it's just one that represents you know the inner me the higher self the lower self of consciousness you know the the kind of 
construct that I put out there and the image that I put out there and then the inner me that has all these darker kind of experiences and thoughts and wounds and then the higher me which represents you know the lighter elements of myself and I definitely believe that we are so complex as as individuals we come with lots of different life experiences and thoughts and feelings and emotions and yeah there are so many layers to honor Um, and isn't it crazy that the first thing that you thought was I'm going to put this out there and people are going to think I'm a narcissist I know you know like how uh, why and I you know I could I could really go down a bit of a feminine spiral here but (laughs) you know I think the more I I research into this the whole you know women being told we're too much and you know there was a a great TikTok the other day with a lady that kind of did this amazing speech about being you know they tell us we're too much but then we're too little like don't make a woman don't make a man feel uncomfortable but make sure you're strong enough to do this yep. and it's like yep. all of these expectations that have been placed on women to be something like you should shine your light and bring your gifts to the world like you know yeah no I hear you but it but it takes courage like you know congratulations for doing that like it's bold and you're right and it is is crap that that we have to think that way to begin with it's awful that that's the first thing that crossed our mind of like oh god how are people going to see us here I mean I get it all the time in my business you know I'm not sure I would question myself in the way that I do if I was a man (laughs) I just don't know that I would isn't it crazy it's crazy and even on an energetic level speaking of you know masculine and feminine and the wounds of the masculine and feminine of course at this point I am talking about you know a more spiritual context it's something that we did speak about recently in in context of work and how for both of us we tend to operate out of that masculine because it's always been the most comfortable and familiar and easier Mm. and um, that we've had to personally on our own journeys work really hard to embody what the feminine is and the reason it's hard hard to feel in the feminine isn't it when you're feeling up against it and you're in a man's world and you're running a business because Mm. it seems counterintuitive as to what the feminine self is and, and should look like but it's interesting because in terms of attachment style I feel like it is the feminine self that can be the most wounded I know we spoke about avoidant being quite masculine but in terms of attachment style it's often the case that for people with those insecure attachment styles you know the motherhood wound the sister wound the abandonment issues it tends to be the more feminine energetic body Mm, Um, yeah absolutely and it's chaos as well you know it is a very chaotic it's it's a surge of of emotions and and, you know I I don't know much about kind of you know hormones I've never really dug into that too much I mean I understand about kind of cycles and how to best Mm -hmm. work to your cycle but you know there's got to be something in there with 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 hormones as well you know we are we are generally the more feeling of the two sexes aren't we so Mm -hmm. we we have and and different times of of months so much more is going on in our body accentuated yeah yeah yeah, so it, it's hard. It's like, you know, obviously I I believe in equality, but I also believe in really understanding the polarity between the two and honouring that as well. We, we, we all have uh, masculine and feminine energy within us, but we also need to to honour who we are as people and what and what gifts that gives us. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, similar to not hiding the shadow and light sides of, of oneself is honouring both seats of energy both the masculine and feminine and you know embodying that honoring that um so when you're able to get to the root of people's fears and attachment wounds as a coach you know all their childhood traumas and typically the narratives that have been imprinted onto them from young 
how can coaching really work and disarm and heal those people and those things how can you guide people back to self-love so I think you know coaching adds an element of accountability for a start so I think you know you've got somebody who's there on side side who is hopefully and you have to pick a good coach right you have to pick somebody I'm not saying they necessarily need to have all of the um, accreditations but they need to be trauma informed and they need to they need to have experience you need to feel confident in their abilities but you know for, for me the way that I work is I work with the subconscious mind the conscious mind and the body so it's like a three mm-hmm. to me it's a three-pronged approach because actually bringing awareness to the things that you are telling yourself and the story so you know one of the big one of the best pieces of work I do with the conscious conscious mind is we, we kind of we narrow down what the limiting beliefs are then I say to my clients right tell me the reality like you know a client will come to me and say there are no good men in the world and I'll say yeah. okay tell me the reality well there, well there isn't I've been on tinder that okay what's the reality okay, there are 7 billion people on this planet. You actually were with somebody that was a a very nice guy two years ago. You have, you know, multiple male friends. You have, you know, you have primary good examples of good, good relationships all around you. You know, there is, but, but, but actually when we, when we, when we boil that limiting belief down further and further and further, they're not actually saying there are no good men in the world. What they are saying is I'm not worthy of a good man. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's about bringing awareness to the beliefs that they're carrying around with them, because if they're walking around going, well, there are no good men, what do you think's happening? You know, they are, they are not meeting good men. And if they are yeah. meeting good men, they're pretty dismissive quite quickly because they don't believe there are good men. So then we, so, we, so I, I always ask them to add a healthy dose of reality and then reframe the thought. So there are no good men in the world. Uh, we, we might change that to something like um, I will meet the right person at the right time and then it's a case of reaffirming that belief in the subconscious because that belief comes from the subconscious so we can we can flip it on the conscious level as in we've added reality we know that's not fact we know that our thoughts are running away with us now Mm -hmm. how do we reprogram the thought because that thought you know a neuro pathway is formed over months and years of thinking the same thought over and over again yeah but your mind is neuroplasty, right? So you can you can create new thoughts at any point. And if you stop thinking that thought over and over and over again, at some point it will go back to the, you know, the back of the database. It's not going to mm-hmm. keep coming forward like it does. Whereas if you spend every single day repeating to yourself as a mantra, meditating on it, journaling on it, thinking through it, talking it to yourself in the mirror, that I will meet the right person when I'm ready, you're going to create a sense of certainty in your own mind. Yeah. It will be lodged in that. In that. Yeah. So it's, it's about working with the mind and then it's about clearing trauma from the body as well. So how do we how do we work with your nervous system to release? So I, I do a lot of emotional freedom technique, which is mm-hmm. honestly just so powerful. And the, and the reason that EFT is so good is it's measurable. So a client will come to me and they'll be feeling, you know, really low, uh, really lost, really anxious. And I'll, and I'll say to them, right, well, where does that sit in your body? And what does that look like? And how does it feel? And, and you know, we, we give it a rating. So we'll say, mm-hmm. okay, well, that feels like an eight and it's in my chest and it's black. And then we will tap through and tap through and tap through. And you can, as you're going, you can f- you can feel it coming down. So every every couple of rounds, I'll say to them, well, where are we now? Oh, we're on a six. Oh, we're on a four. Oh, we're on a two. So you see that clearing through your body you're you're calming your own nervous system and a lot of the time when I do that I will get them to repeat the mantras that we've just created because then again it's just kind of creating that certainty yeah 
so yeah so I, I work a lot with the brain and hypnosis and things as well I mean the subconscious mind is a very powerful thing so it's really important that you um you can't think yourself out of a problem necessarily <laughs> a lot of the time you know mm-hmm. sometimes it needs to come from the body and sometimes we need to we need to embed those messages back into into the place that you know because your subconscious is what what hijacks you that's what comes up so yeah we need to change it there as well I love that and you did touch on my next question um ever so briefly but I was gonna say on the flip side if somebody can't bring their energy back from whatever attachment may be holding them back you know if they're still triggered unhealed but unconscious of it what does that then mean you know in terms of self-sabotage you will act out you will end up in protest behavior you know so so let's take my partner and I's um conflict last week um had we both not healed that relationship would be over Mm. because we would have both stuck in our corners you know we had if we had no awareness of the other person and the and the wounds and the things that we needed to do you know if if, if we love one another and we want each other to be happy and we want harmony in our relationship we know the things we have to do to kind of find that place of balance and calm with each other if you've got that awareness you can work through that if you don't then you're you're going to break up (laughs) and 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 then you might end up in another relationship where it happens all over again yeah yeah or you're going to be attracted to people who make you feel more insecure because there is a you know there is a part of you desperate for that validation and you know you get quite quite caught up in the you know if we if we think about kind of dating terms and things now you know love bombing is used by you know men and women quite frankly but there's a lot of men out there who will love bomb you to to get you into bed to um you know to to start off the kind of surface levels of a relationship and, and engage you and obviously from an anxious perspective that validation is everything so they really latch onto that but mm-hmm. then once the once the the person behind it whether they are avoidant narcissistic emotionally unavailable once they pull away the anxious is then left with this hole and they need to fill it. So they won't let go of that relationship. They will try and try and try and screw themselves over time and time and time again, just to, just to get that feeling back again for, for, for a couple of days, you know? So it's, it's, it's a cycle and it's a very, very painful one. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. You know, self-sabotage looks like us acting in ways that, gets us the results we fear the most essentially is what I'm getting from that you know this kind of tendency to self-punish exactly that you know I before I met Luca my partner I was with a guy for three years and I I he he was a fearful avoidant and Mm -hmm. I it's and fearful avoidance uh, by default because they are a um they're kind of the more unique attachment star and they also flit Uh, quite drastically between anxious and avoidant they don't know themselves right there's a really deep mistrust with themselves and with Mm -hmm. other people so the whole you know well maybe not the whole but certainly after the first six months of honeymoon period was over I could tell that this this man was not sure about me he wasn't he wasn't committing or being intentional in the way that I needed him to but I continued that relationship for another two and a half years trying to prove myself trying to prove that I was worth the effort and I was worth the love and 
exactly and now I look back on that now and I'm like wow oh you know I fit myself into a tiny 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 box and any time I try to be my more authentic self you know I'm quite I mean I'm quite loud and I'm quite you know I'm confident and I will say things how it is I wasn't able to be that person with him and any time that I showed strength he it really intimidated him you know even things like you know starting my own business or earning more than him it was a real power struggle like he felt inferior anytime I was on uh, you know not on shining anytime I was shining yeah so so what did that mean that meant that I would try not to shine so bright (laughs) hearing that I'm like that's him operating with his child self and his wounded inner child and reacting to the situation of you shining you know from a very triggered place you know that's something that must remind him of of something that he's insecure about and well well, that's what they say isn't it they say and and, and this 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 relates very well to the challenge that you're doing as well there's the stories again right it's the stories Mm -hmm. the stories that aren't they don't belong to you but they have become yours in some way yeah yeah it's a it's 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 a it's a horrible it's a horrible cycle and and it left me feeling you know I came out of that relationship feeling so unworthy so mm-hmm. oh god I'm just you know and also it it's always tends to be the way and I, I was actually recording a video about this earlier today you know you, you get a lot of people that say oh I didn't even really fancy him at the beginning like how does he have all the power now it's like you don't you know at nine times out of ten especially if they're very very short situationships you've got people going, I love him. I want to be, it's like, okay, let's really boil this down. Right. And this is, this is another thing. Cause I, I you know, I still, because of historically how my work has gone, I, I do still work a lot with people who are going through heartbreak and breakups. I really like grill them and get them to nail down exactly what they want in a partner and what their non-negotiables are and what their red flags are. Once you actually write that list down and then you say, right, tell me, how does that, how does the guy that you're with right now align to this? They're like, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a real kind of light bulb moment of, okay, he's literally nothing that he I doesn't, want. He doesn't, yeah. <laughs> he ticks zero boxes. And yet, <laughs> so, so this is not about him. This is about you not feeling worthy and you feeling that somebody has rejected you because you're not good enough. Yeah. That's, that's not true. And also your attachment to an idea of somebody because, yeah, you're so in need of, of that validation, that approval. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the people that we portray ourselves to be at the beginning of a relationship is nine, out, nine times out of 10, not who we are. We are, we, it's like an Instagram reel. You are putting the very best, your very best foot forward. Yeah. You yeah. are, you are, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, as I hope, you know, hopefully people like you and I, we are more authentic and we probably, you know, do, you know, for, for me, for example, I don't care if I scare somebody off on a first date by talking deep and telling them about attachment types. If that scares you off, <laughs> blah, blah. It's happened to me many like, times. Yeah. Oh my God, like you are not the person for me, right? (laughs) You know, this is, this is who I am. But a lot of the time, of course, in terms of like insecurities, you're not going to just put everything and you shouldn't ever put everything out on the table straight away because that, Mm -hmm. that leaves you very exposed to people you don't know. And you, you need to be a bit mindful of that. Yeah. But people put their best foot forward. And yeah, so people fall in love with an idea. They fall in love with like what somebody looks like on paper and don't and completely ignore their essence. It's, so it's a minefield. It is. It is. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think I've mastered it. I've seen your um, 
again as a quick aside I've seen the course that you're doing I was like sign me up to this challenge this sounds great (laughs) yeah absolutely because I think and this is the thing I think so many people you know we talk a lot as coaches about healing online and I think I was trying to take myself back to a place I guess kind of like five years ago where I didn't really understand what that meant so I I was like oh I need to heal but but heal what exactly (laughs) yeah what am I healing here and so yeah so this workshop is going to be around healing your relational blocks but first you know what we will be doing in the workshop is getting crystal clear on what exactly your block is because so, so my block for example which I know now because of all the work I've done is I don't feel prioritized over other people and it's a real issue for me in my relationship if I feel like other other people aren't prioritizing me if my partner is not prioritizing me or they're prioritizing other people's opinions or you know whatever above mine you know mm-hmm. I, I'm talking you know sort of anybody not like key people or family members or anything like that yeah, I mean yeah. but but if I if I feel like somebody is not hearing me and, and, and my feelings aren't being prioritized, then it's a big, big thing for me. Really triggers. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, you know, yours might be something completely different. It's, I mean, all of it boils down to worth at the end of the day. And, Absolutely, yeah. you know, when you keep asking, well, what makes you think that? And what makes you think that? And what makes, you know, you'll always come to the core of it will be, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel lovable enough, or I don't feel worthy enough. It's always, it's always that. But mm-hmm. how it manifests is different which means your triggers will be different completely subjective and relative yeah 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 Yeah, exactly so you and I might both have you know both have exactly the same core wound of not feeling good enough in some way but what triggers me will probably be very different to what triggers you because of our history and our experiences Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I understand and then so in terms of those people who have this painful cycle that is perpetuating what advice would you give to them when you know they find themselves in a more calmer mood a quieter moment what can they do to kind of stop this painful cycle I mean one thing I would say which people never want to hear is sit with it (laughs) it's um you know there there is you know that the we have become very used to drinking partying eating shopping the pain away um and you will find people that keep themselves on an extremely busy loop never really ever connect themselves in that way and that's really dangerous because you you do need to understand yourself so part of it is sitting with it taking time for, for reflection yet time for reflection because then you start to realize oh hang on a minute i i started to feel because triggers triggers is is it's your body giving you a a warning sign basically so you will know right a a trigger you can't miss a trigger because all of a sudden you will feel very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. you know you're and if you're you know you'll either be a fight person which means your heart rate will go up and you'll you'll start to feel very panicky dry mouth or you'll go into uh flight which is kind of you know dissociation and avoidance Mm -hmm. and running Mm -hmm. away from the problem basically but you will you will feel a surge in your body one way or another if you can start to identify what your triggers are you're going to start to get to the bottom of your wounds because you're going to start to understand well you know hang on this person said this thing so what did that mean for me what did that actually make me feel like why did it make me feel like that so I think it's less about trying to banish it all and I think it's about getting curious 
a oh, little I bit. I completely agree. I, I yeah, the pause and digest aspect of what you just said is is definitely so powerful. So important. And intentional, yeah. You know, sitting there like you said, be asking yourself questions like why did I respond to that particular thing in that particular way and and why and am I reacting these behaviors? It. Yeah, yeah, so important. It's giving it's giving yourself exactly that, giving yourself a time to pause and and having a you know because uh, honestly emotions are fleeting Uh, you will the way you feel right now sat here recording this podcast will be entirely different to how you feel tonight it will be entirely different to how you feel on Sunday morning we are waves of emotion yeah okay and we can't be up all of the time so this is why it's so important to sit with it you can't respond from fight or flight you need to let yourself calm down calm down yeah let that nervous system come out of that you know instinctive kind of response mode Um, yeah because that's not that's not that that is us on autopilot and come on like we're human beings now we understand psychology we should not be responding from that place reacting from that place anymore Mm it's interesting I I do always go on about self-healing and I do also think that by giving myself time and understanding in those moments where I've been triggered I've actually in the long run become so much more conscious of my habitual patterns and reactions let's say Um, Mm. and I feel like I can actually you know start to make more empowered choices because of that you know when something comes up for me now I've really been tapping into this idea of body how my body feels and the sensations that I'm feeling and and that to me confirms whether you know it sits right or it doesn't and and whether what's going on is helping me or you know is detrimental to my well-being and yeah you know I think I would say that with any form of self-development work you just have to show yourself compassion exactly what you said before because there's a lot of heavy emotions and sadness and anger and guilt and shame and fear and and whatever it may be that we all have to kind of go through and recognize we have to usher in those positive kind of shifts don't we and 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 that's that's what real self-love is like you know we've we've kind of gone full circle here but this is that is what self-care is that is what self-love is like getting to know yourself understanding yourself having compassion on the bad days congratulating yourself on the good days Mm -hmm. like it is treating yourself. How, I mean, how many times you, you don't think twice about treating a loved one, you know, whether it be emotionally, financially, you know, we, we will buy gifts, we will yeah. spend time, we will do everything we can to to make a loved one feel good. Why do we not do that with ourselves? Yeah. You know, we only have ourselves at the end of the day. Like I, you know, when I when I went through my divorce initially, I, I did a bit of an eat, pray, love. And I went to Bali and I went to India and I went to Australia. I mean, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my whole life. And it started my spiritual journey, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. of it started there. And I would take myself out for dinner really regularly and it became a thing. And I still do it now. Like I really, I enjoy that time. And I, I was actually speaking to a client yesterday and she's like, well, how do I do this? Like, I feel really embarrassed and I don't, and I said, well, take a book, take a book take a journal but just spend a bit of time with yourself give yourself that yeah yeah I mean I think the reason people don't do it to answer your question is because it takes that level of vulnerability and consciousness to start with and um, it feels alien to people you know I just took myself away to the Seychelles people are like isn't that a honeymoon destination 
yeah, oh. but you know, I'm romancing myself what are you too. Do? I deserve wait that, you know. Yeah, and it's exactly <laughs> that. You know, we, we wait to treat ourselves. We wait to go and stay in that nice hotel. We wait to go and eat in that nice restaurant. But why not? Why? Yes. Why would we only save that money and put that energy and effort in if it is with somebody else or for somebody else? That's not fair. Yeah. No, exactly that. You know, I'm so here for the self love and self care. And, yeah um, it's been great it's like it's been so lovely meeting you and obviously we you know we met on a Friday night and and, and very, very deep very quickly <laughs> I loved that conversation that we had um it just felt really aligned I said this at the start of this episode um before you joined that it was just meant to happen you know that meeting and you know the subsequent conversations that we've had and having you here it, it's really lovely it's made my heart super warm and I'm sat here smiling about it all because um I know that even just sharing a part of what you do and, and your magic with my audience I know that they're gonna get lots of benefit out of it as well um, and ditto I would say we probably have very similar audiences yeah in, in that sense and and it's it's so nice to be with people who are aligned it makes such a makes such a massive difference because that you know there are for, for, for me especially just going just touching slightly on what we said earlier I, I I've, I've felt misplaced in this work before in the sense of the the circles that I used to run in because nobody gets me or understands me per se but whereas mm-hmm. I mean now I now that doesn't bother me so much now I'm very confident in what I do and who I help but for a long time it was hard to find that tribe it was hard to know who you could trust and be vulnerable with and wasn't going to come away from a conversation feeling like oh god they think I'm a bit silly or a bit woo woo or yeah you know whatever but yeah. you know I, I will never turn my back on this work now like it's so important it's just it's so important it's it's our real passion um yeah but one thing I'll say my last question do we have the ability to overcome our attachment wounds and traumas in your opinion yes absolutely I think um the journey to secure is a a long one and I think even when I, I think we can always end up <clears throat> being re-triggered to a point that they come back up. I mean, like I said, I proved that to myself in the last couple of weeks. Um, but how I deal with it now is so, so different. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a case of healing ourselves entirely. It's about compassion and acceptance of our wounds and working with them in the best way that we can and not letting them ruin our lives basically it's it's okay that even after years of therapy you still feel triggered by things or you still get upset by things it's all in how you talk to yourself on those days you know and how you know how your actions are are mirrored through the you know new behaviors new behaviors mm-hmm. new understanding but yes I think you know I, I don't want anyone listening to this to think you know I, I can't move forward from where I've been absolutely you can absolutely you can and we are we are forever evolving as long as you keep doing the work and keep giving yourself that compassion definitely oh I agree oh Dulcie thank you so much for that um, oh, I would you, say, it's been such a lovely chat I know lovely I feel like um I'm sorry for the style being quite question and answer I wanted it to be quite conversational but of course I wanted to get across who you are and what you do and, and give people that chance to understand a little bit more oh no um, this has been perfect it's been no lovely. good good well it's a great first step for people listening to do that you know releasing and working towards positive self-love and, and healing um, absolutely and I and I would I'd just like to you know finish off just by saying that I, yes. I am in the happiest relationship of my life now and 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 it is no 
you know, is absolutely largely in part to the work I've done. And I think that's that, you know, that's the, that's the key. You know, you, you could sit there sometimes and say, oh, you know, this is really, really painful stuff. Even if this relationship ended tomorrow, it would still be the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it takes you to a whole other level. So important to do that work. And I met your partner on that night out. He was lovely. Oh, yes, because you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's lovely. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to end this episode just reminding the listeners to be gentle on themselves, on yourselves. Mm, um nice something that I want to convey is that you know you are we are we're all going through a lot and despite that you know you're here you've shown up and you're doing your bloody best so go easy on yourself and also remember that as people we can only ever meet others as deeply as we ourselves have met ourselves so it all starts from within and loving yourself that's something that I want to say and um a final thing speaking of love it's really funny that I just saw this the other day but big love to my listeners because I saw that half of you are based in the US which is really random oh lovely <laughs> yeah so we're maybe going global is international baby <laughs> <laughs> love it but yeah so much love and light Dulcie thank you so much for joining thanks um, darling thanks for listening as ever Hopefully you will move away from this past version of yourself and now step into a new one, knowing exactly what you need for your relationships to grow, thrive, knowing that you're already love and knowing that you're already healing. Until next time.